Hey friends, can't wait till Wednesdays to get your Modern Mamas fixed. Join us on Patreon. You can choose your tier and when you subscribe, you'll get bonus content, early access to retreat, first peeks at new swag, plus shout outs and even real time monthly virtual hangs with us. Visit patreon.com forward slash modern mamas podcast to check it out and support the podcast. It truly means the world to us. We are so grateful for you and for this community. I love mama. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Modern Mamas podcast. We are two modern mamas here to inspire empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, open minds, and joy, no matter your journey or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder and Indy Bow. I love outdoor adventure, good food, especially sourdough, and mindful movement. And I'm Jess of Hold the Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology, Enneagram coach, and mama to Bear and Camille. I'm passionate about helping people become the best versions of themselves. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hi, friends. Welcome to a topical, a creamy ketchup. We haven't called it that in a long time, but I've been out of it. Like I haven't really been doing them, but here we are back with the cream. Bring in the cream. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's a topical episode. We haven't done them in a while and I'm really excited because this one feels like it's going to be just a natural conversation. We got a, a listener request, right? Yeah, I got a question in my DMs because I was talking about Easter, which just passed as you're listening to this, and and kind of traditions that we've started as a family and things that we did that were unique to us. But then also her question kind of wanted us to dive into the difference between what we do as a family and or differences or and or similarities, words are hard, between like what we do <laughs> now and what we did as kids, like with our, you know, our family unit as children. So I actually want to read the question because I feel like she was more eloquent than I've been thus far. Second <laughs> into this podcast, <laughs> she said, "A question: How does your how do your traditions on holidays differ from when you were growing up? Interesting to see if you kept them the same or have changed them." And I was like, "Well, I can't write a whole DM on this because that's complicated." In mm-hmm. short, yes and yes, and no and no. You know, so mm-hmm. just kind of this idea of traditions going beyond just holidays and into the everyday. So things like kind of just to kick it off with an example for me would be sitting down to dinner as a family every single night, no phones, no screens. That is something that I've carried from my childhood because my dad worked really long days, would be out of the house before we woke up and would get home kind of just before dinner. And so like without fail, and I appreciate my parents so much for doing this, we sat down to dinner as a family and it was always like a home cooked meal and we sat down and I mean, we talked whether we were fighting or (laughs) (laughs) sharing our day. Uh, It was, you know, unique day dependent, but I just, I love that. And so we do it every single evening. We sit down to dinner as a family. Ideally, we're in the kitchen together at some part of the dinner making process as well. That's something we've kind of tacked on because I kind of find that Evie's more excited about trying new things and eating whatever's on the table if she's taken part in preparing. Mm -hmm. And then we always ask, what was the highlight of your day? And kind of go around the table. And then what was a challenge? And so we took this original tradition of family dinner removed the things like you have to finish your plate before you get up or you have to drink your milk before you get up and added things like preparing dinner together and, you know, specific things we talk about at the dinner table. And that has been 
really special. So I guess that's kind of an example to kick us off, you know, something as simple as family dinner, but then maybe as in depth as like more, you know, specific holiday traditions and whatnot. So yeah, I just, I think it'd be fun to chat about this kind of thing. Yeah. I love it. Okay. you got my like brain thing like spinning Mm -hmm. and honestly, it's, I don't want this to sound like a criticism of my family, like my parents. I really, I think that they did the best they could with what they had, but like my home life is so radically different in pretty much every single way that the, the home life that I've created, like in my family, it's radically different than what I grew up with. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I was loved and we were cared for, we were provided for, and we had our basic needs met, but like there was no, there wasn't a lot of like structure or rhythm, I, I guess is maybe the be- the best word. My dad worked out of the home, like out of the city, out of the state. Mm-hmm. So he worked, uh, what's the word? <laughs> the word is escaping me. He just traveled for work and yeah. w- would be gone for like weeks and weeks at a time. He worked in like construction and that type of thing. And my mom was like a stay at home mom, which was great. But at the same time, she was, she is much more like lax. So a lot of our meals were like, okay, I don't feel like cooking. We're going to have cereal on the couch and watch TV. A lot of our meals were like eaten in the living room or once, especially as I got into like activities, just not eaten together, like at all. (laughs) Like, I don't remember like the classic scene where it's like the family, like the parents have like prepared the meal and everyone sits down and we kind of like talk about our day. Like that did not occur in my household. Not to say that we didn't talk. It just wasn't in that setting. Right. And so for me, just using this as like the first example, because we kind of opened with it, that is something that we have gone through like painstaking just ba- boundaries around that time have become very sacred for us. It's not always perfect, especially now that like the kids are doing, you know, soccer and, you know, we have some like evening work commitments here and there, but for the most part, we sit down every single night at the table and we eat dinner together. And sometimes it's a sandwich <laughs> because, <laughs> but like, and sometimes it's like a home cooked meal from scratch, just so that like I've labored over, but all the time we sit down together, we open with prayer and kind of just like gratitude for the meal and the hands that have pre- like had a part in preparing the food that we're eating from like, um, you know, this like gives us it opens up the topic around the dinner table. Like, what do you mean the hands that prepared it? Like mama made it. And it's like, no, actually mm-hmm. like the, the, where did this food come from? And so we've had many an interesting conversation about like where our food come from, comes from just by that like initial act of like being grateful for it and everyone that's had a hand in it. So we open with prayer. And then for the most part, I, I am the world's most notorious fast eater. You're a pretty fast eater too, Laura. Like, I've, I've doubled in speed since <laughs> India was born. <laughs> and I honestly think it comes from partly having kids. Like, I don't remember being this fast, but I do remember when they're babies, you kind of learn to eat quickly so that you have your hands free, right? In case you're needed or like you're nursing someone. But like, I am a notoriously fast eater. So I have to like really stop myself from just chowing down. But for the most part, I'll stay at the table. We stay at the table till everyone's finished and we just talk. Like, I mean, it's just random conversations. It's, it's what happened in your day. Like what's going on? Like, and you know, kids, especially as they get older, they just say some 
hilariously ridiculous things sometimes or ask the most interesting questions and you're like, what in the world? Like, where did that come from? I'm trying to think of something in particular, but I know last night's dinner conversation was very interesting. Like Bear will ask silly things like, Daddy, what's the most disgusting food you've ever eaten? <laughs> so then we'll have a conversation. Oh, last night it was, what's the weirdest dream you've ever had? He asked us that. And so, you know, that the whole dinner conversation was about like dreams that we've had. And so it's just fun. And, you know, we don't do, we never make anyone eat anything that is unlike my family of origin, which was very much like, you got to eat it and you got to eat it all. And you're going to stay there until you finish, especially Tim. I know he was, he was kind of raised in that way, but you know, we do spur a lot of conversations about like, why, why do we need to eat like these, like I put things on our plate that are good for us <laughs> and good for our bodies in different ways. And like, how can that help you? But it's never like, if someone's like, I'm not hungry, then it's like, okay, cool. Like then we need to, you know, move on. We'll go get ready for bed. Like, cool. We'll move on to the next topic, but yeah, we are, we have started that tradition and it has maintained since they were kiddos and I'm right there with you. Cammy bears sometimes, sometimes depends on what it is. If it's something that involves like something sharp that he could potentially harm himself with, he's like, he wants to try it. The other day he was chopping carrots or something and I'm just I was like but, but it was an opportunity to like teach him knife skills because I'm like okay like you gotta have it flat and stable like you gotta like tuck your fingers under and I mean I don't even do that all the time like the the finger tuck but I was like he is gonna chop a finger off and so we <laughs> you know having them more involved in the preparation process not all the time but a lot of the times has also translated into them trying more things and being more interested. Like, I just I love that. A, it's a difference though, right? Like, I don't, did you, do you remember that in your family? Like helping with food preparation or even being interested about what the meal, like for no. me, I just remember this is what we're eating. It's what's put in front of me. I had not a thought, a care, a worry about like any part of the process that happened until it got to my plate. Hi there, Laura here, excited to share one of my all-time favorite products from one of my all-time favorite companies, Paleo Valley. Paleo Valley's organic supergreens are a delicious, energizing blend of nutrient-rich organic superfoods that make getting nourishment in every single day super easy. I start every day with these before coffee, before anything else, and actually take them alongside the vitamin C complex, which is also incredibly nourishing, both from real foods, superfoods at that. And you can save 15% on any Paleo Valley product with code MODERNMAMAS at checkout. Go to paleovalley.com, type in Modern Mamas, all one word, at checkout, and save 15% on powerful nutrition. Yeah, totally. And I was like a rebellious eater. I, you know, like mm. my, uh, my dad was like a meat, vegetable, potato, or starch kind of guy. And mm -hmm. then I went vegetarian and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's just, it's fun to think about making this more of a, like, a family experience and food is huge. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, like when we're out and about, like this past weekend, we went to this place that had a sourdough crust for pizza. And, and I'm like Evie's like, you know, the, the thing that she comes back to, to compare everything we eat out, that's anything sourdough and shit, you know, to hear her say mama's is better is, <laughs> is like the coolest thing ever. And she always does that. And it like makes my heart so happy. When we yeah. were in bed, we had sourdough cinnamon rolls at this restaurant. And she's still like mama's are better. And I think uh -huh. part of that, I mean, most of that is probably the you know, the emotional piece of it, which mm -hmm. I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, like food and emotion can't be 
completely separated. Mm -hmm. Like our first love that we know is from, you know, being fed by our caregiver and whether it's like from the breast or whatever. And so there's a, just a deep connection there. And so Mm -hmm. anyways, I just think it's really special to create traditions around food in general. And it's fun that we started at the dinner table. And then for us, there's so many other traditions that we've created around food that we can kind of maybe just like kick off there and then dive into the many other, maybe some of the other, obviously we're not gonna be able to cover like every tradition that we have, but <laughs> some of the other traditions and how they are similar and different. So I guess I'll dive into another food one yeah, or some more food ones. Like we've created, you know, traditions around food days of the week and like our offline Sunday that we've talked a lot about in the mornings, we always do, we, we're alternating weeks now with sourdough pancakes or sourdough waffles. So we kick off with that. And it's something that Evie's really excited about. And we sit down again, you know, for breakfast is usually throughout the week, isn't necessarily as much like sit down and eat together. So it's nice to have that Sunday, like without fail, we all sit and have breakfast together. And then we do sourdough pancakes in the evening. So our sourdough pizza in the evening. And so it's really nice again, to just have like those things to look forward to those things that we do together. It just comes second nature. It's, it's about the experience. And I just, I really, really love that. And then another one that we're creating is this concept of a a full moon cake. And so Rusty and I are both like pretty into connecting with, that might be the wrong word, but like awareness around the full moon each cycle, because it does, it impacts our sleep. It impacts mood. Like there's a lot of things that the full moon kind of impacts in our daily life. It impacts our parasites that are living. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) And so we just, I love the idea of creating a tradition around that so that it just like, brings us all as a family unit awareness to what cycle, what part of the cycle that we're in. And then as my girls get older, it allows for a conversation opener as to like their cycle, right. And potentially syncing with the moon and, and the power of being in tune with the cycles of our body and the cycles of the moon and all of that. So anyways, all that to say, we were just visiting our friend, Emily and her family and Bend and She's like, I want to make you all moon cake. So she made a moon cake and I kind of was asking more questions and it's something that they try to do and make every, again, every cycle around the full moon. And so there is actually a, something called a moon cake and I believe it's of Chinese origin and I might be butchering that. And it's actually has an ingredient is a specific bean. And I found all this out as I've done some more looking, but ours is just going to be a cake base. So I'm looking at creating kind of like a sourdough einkorn cake, like super moist, delicious cake. That's going to be our standalone cake. I, last weekend I did our first one and I used buckwheat and I'm going to shift it up a little bit to make it even better. And eventually I'll share the recipe. And then, so we have this like thing that's every time there's a full moon, I'm going to make the full moon cake. And then what I'm hoping to do is to make it more seasonal is depending, like we're always going to have it with some sort of like compote or cooked down fruit or jam or something like that. And either whipped cream or ice cream. And so that compote or fruit or whatever will shift with the seasons, you know, like in the fall, it'll be probably like cooked down apples or pears. And then right now we're doing berries. And so kind of shifting up the pairing with the season so we can be eating seasonal food or seasonal, you know, a seasonal topper with this cake. And then ideally, as long as we're up for it, you know, I don't want ever traditions to become stress inducing, but ideally have a fire as well weather permitting. So kind of just like right around the full moon, whether it's like the day, the evening prior, you know, ideally, but just close to it because the moon stays pretty big for a few nights. And then so have the moon cake and a fire and have that be another kind of like food focused tradition that brings us, you know, together, create some intentionality around the time of the cycle. And it's just, it's, it's fun to think about. That's cool. Yeah, I'm excited for that. And then obviously we have plenty of other food traditions like grilled cheese and tomato soup on 
Christmas Eve. And that is one that I've taken from a family tradition. So the moon cake, totally off, just ours. <laughs> My parents, I didn't know anything about the full moon or like the equinoxes or any of that growing up. And we've really leaned heavily into that. So that's kind of another shift. But as far as food goes, you know, the grilled cheese tomato soup, that is a tradition that I've known as far back as I can remember. And so we definitely keep that. But I've, you know, I've made some tweaks where it's like my own sourdough and raw cheese, and, you know, a homemade soup versus uh, we used to go to my aunt and uncles, my godparents, and they bought the soup. It was like house made by a local market. So that kind of thing. And I think they used sourdough. They did, but it was, you know, store-bought and all that. So just like making, taking these traditions and making them our own. And then same thing with Thanksgiving, like some of the standards of like turkey, you know, but then I've totally tweaked it. And cause I just have a passion for food that my parents didn't, they still don't understand. Of <laughs> 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 um, just like the quality and the preparation and Rusty's mom has been a big influence in me in that regard. Cause he's, she's a phenomenal cook and just like comes in the kitchen and experiments and throws stuff together. And it ends up absolutely delicious. So I really love cooking with her. And I know that food is a special thing for Rusty and his mom since he was little. So yeah, the food traditions are super fun and I like creating more around that. So yeah. What are your thoughts on food and traditions? Oh gosh. I love it. I mean, again, I, we ate I, I just really don't want this to come across as a criticism of my parents. I really think a lot has shifted. I think awareness in general of sourcing and what we're feeding our families has shifted regardless of like how you grew up. But like during my upbringing, it was a lot of like canned vegetables and there's nothing wrong with canned vegetables at all. I mean, they're great, affordable. They can be a very high quality source of like nutrition, but and for us, it was a lot of packaged food, a lot of canned food, a lot of frozen foods. Because again, like my mom was kind of single parenting while my dad was away. And it was like, what's the easiest thing to do? Uh, it was a lot of like, like I mentioned cereal, but like, we're going to have a cereal night and I'm going to eat frosted flakes. But I'm also, because my mom did this, <laughs> she's like, she's literally like her, her palate is like that of a four-year-old child. I say that in the most loving way, but like anytime she comes over, she's like, does that have spices on it? Like, can you make me mac, mac and cheese? Like she, and she eats like a one bite of everything. So anyways, like our cereal night was frosted flakes. And then I'm taking spoonfuls of sugar, white sugar, and I'm putting it over the frosted flakes. And then, I mean, this is delicious. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> but like each bite of cereal has not just the frosted flakes, but like hard granulated sugar that I'm crunching in my mouth every time I'm taking a bite. It's a mir- It's a miracle that I ever actually came around to like eating <laughs> real food, fruits and vegetables. I love it. <laughs> I don't know. I eventually found my way there, but did not really grow up with that influence. Did not really grow up with any traditions around food. Like even around holidays, like we didn't necessarily do like a special food or a special breakfast or a special dinner. I'm trying to think back like, yeah, there's just really not a lot of tradition around the foods that we ate. So for us, it has been like, I've talked about this before around Christmas. We do my like gluten-free French toast bake that, that we make. We do that every morning with a big old pile of bacon. And, you know, sometimes we'll do like extra sides with that, but that has become a a thing that the kids and actually our whole family looks forward to. Like anyone that comes over is like, are you going to do the French toast bake? I'm like, yes, we're going to do it. So that has been a big tradition. And then, so we do our Sunday 
like Sabbath. So on Sabbath, on Saturday night, we will do kind of like a a bigger dinner, something like either I'm going to prepare or we'll go out to eat and we'll just kind of kick off this like idea of ceasing and feasting with a really like enjoyable meal that's not just like something we would eat on like a quick weeknight. And then I guess, I mean, ceasing and feasting is our theme, right, for Sabbath. So we're resting and we're just eating the heck out of like foods. And so the kids will alternate every morning or every other weekend, they'll pick the breakfast food that they want. And so usually, again, this is like something outside of the like norm. If they asked me to make something, I would totally do it. But usually because I'm pretty much making all of our food all week, they usually want something that's store-bought. And because they eat so well during the week, it's like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's whatever. Like Bear wanted McDonald's the other day and not, I, I don't love like the idea of McDonald's, but at the same time I was like, you know what, this is a special thing and we're going to do it. So he picked McDonald's breakfast and like the other day, Cammy wanted to do croissants. And so we got some croissants and so they get to alternate their breakfast choice and that's always fun. I'm trying to think other food. We do Friday night pizza, pizza and a movie. So that is not also something that we've ever done in my family of origin. Like we didn't have like movie nights and like special like food to go along with it. And so pretty much without fail, unless we have like some sort of previous engagement, Friday nights are reserved because it's like a long week, right? Like kids have been at school. We've been working. You know, it's a time for us to just kind of like shut off and be together. So we'll do pizza and ours is usually frozen. I'll be totally honest because at that point I'm like, I don't want to cook anything. So we do the cauliflower pizza from Costco. Holy cow. I cannot tell you as far as frozen pizzas go, that crust is so good. And so Tim and I will like doctor it up. We'll put like chicken and pickled onions and like drizzle ranch over it. So it's not just your basic frozen pizza, but we'll incorporate that. And usually we are watching a movie together as a family and just having some special time. And so trying to think those are like our weekly food traditions. Oh, we do. If anyone lives in Texas, I mentioned this before. There's a restaurant called Luby's. It is not like I think actually I do think they they source most of their ingredients locally. So that's like a win. But it is like it is iconic it has been around since like the early 19, probably like 50s. And it's like a cafeteria style diner. Like we remember going there with our families. Tim remembers going there with his mom. It's like very nostalgic. And you go through and you get your tray and you pick out your things. Like it's all like warm, hot meals with like rolls and like sides that you get to pick. And like we go there probably once a week because kids eat free on Wednesdays and Saturdays. <laughs> We're all about saving money. But that has been something that I think our kids love. They will always eat and we, it's usually it's vegetables for the sides. It's like some sort of protein for their like main thing, but they'll eat it all the time. And we just kind of like hang out. We listen to oldies because that's what they play. Like, cause it's like an old school diner thing. We just are together as a family. And so that has become a, a, a rhythm that we'll usually go on Wednesdays, like that midweek where it's like, nobody wants to cook. We just want to like relax. And so that is another food tradition for us. I just rambled on forever, but that's fun. I love it. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. So we talked about food. I'm sure we could talk about food for an entire episode, but what are some other things? I guess let's focus as we round out, like on things that we can think of specifically that were the same or that we took from 
Hmm. Like our family traditions, perhaps, and then things that we've totally made our own. And I, I'm like, can I even answer that? And I can think of a few, you know, like for instance, the Christmas Eve, the tradition of the tomato soup Mm -hmm. and grilled cheese Mm -hmm. and like coming together and we do champagne to start and like little things like that, that are so nostalgic for me because it really like just brings me back to those early memories of time at my godparents' house. And we did the same thing every Christmas. And, and on that same note, you know, my parents, very rare. It was very, very, very rare. Like I can probably count on one hand, I think it's only been two times that we didn't wake up on Christmas morning at home. And that's something that even if it meant we were then driving down to LA for Christmas, like afternoon and evening for dinner, we always woke up at home. And that's something that really meant a lot to me as a kid and my brother and sister too. And so that's something that we've definitely carried into the holidays with or Christmas with our little ones. Gosh, I can't wait for Christmas with two next year. (laughs) So that's something that we've definitely held on to and just those memories. And then, but the things that we've shifted, you know, are just like the way that we carry out little things like adding cinnamon rolls, which is another tradition that we do. And, and just keeping it very like minimal with gifting and focusing a lot more on the experience than like the stuff, you know? So that's Mm -hmm. kind of just a shift. So some things are super similar that we cherished and just taking things that really meant a lot to us as kids and bringing that into ours and then making changes where Russ and I are aligned. And one thing that kind of a tradition that started as I got a little bit older, still a kid, like teenager, you know, is that I was really adamant about getting outside every holiday. So that was a big for me. And I, my brother and sister were always on board. So we'd go for hikes every single holiday. And, you know, my, I was raised Catholic and as I got older, I kind of moved away from a physical church, maintaining my own spirituality. And so for me, a big part of that is like, I feel the most connected to the larger power or, you know, to myself, to my people, my loved ones outside. And so that's kind of became my take on that. So my parents go to church, not necessarily as much anymore. And that was a tradition that I took. And so I take that same kind of like sanctity and sacred nature of like being in tune, you know, with myself, with the universe, with God, you know, whatever it is, and with the people that I love by being outside. And I think some of that stems from like, as a kid, I still remember, like, I don't remember being in church so much as like the yelling match to get us out the door on time to get to church. And so for me, that's something that I kind of stepped away from. Like, I don't want a battle on a holiday to get to church to kind of go through the motions. And so really taking the more like sacred nature of like, we get outside whenever we do, there's no rush, there's no timeline, but we do it. We get out, we embrace it, we soak it in. And, you know, it's just like a really special piece of our tradition. So again, it's like taking something like, I guess, as I'm saying it, I'm realizing that it is kind of taking a family tradition of, of going to church, but doing it in our own way once again. So that's one I can think of. What about you? So it's interesting, just kind of since we're on the topic of like spirituality and like religion in like a familial, like traditional way. It's so interesting because like, I'm just so intrigued by that concept because we, I did not grow up with any sort of like organized religion. We said like nighttime prayers and that was pretty much it. We didn't talk about spirituality or faith or anything like that in our home. And I think that was a byproduct of my dad growing up Catholic, very like strict Catholic and just having a terrible experience with that in his, you know, personal life. And so I think, I think I've never actually had this conversation with him, but I, I'm assuming because of that experience, he decided that that was not going to be a part of like his family's like day to day. And it wasn't that like he ever was like, 
we don't believe in God or like we don't talk about that. It just was never like discussed. So like I just wasn't even as a kid like aware. And for us and and all growing up until I was in college, until I was almost in grad school, was when I sort of found my own pathway to spirituality and my faith. And that's a, an, a whole nother episode. <laughs> I think that's a long winding path. But it's just interesting in that because, again, that was something that I didn't grow up with that is now very important in our home, you know, prayer and talking about like our faith and, and nightly, like nightly talking about it before before the kids go to bed and like kind of praying over each other. And so that has been something that we have begun. I feel like I don't have anything that I brought from my family on that. I just really probably need to go back and think. I'm sure there are some things, but honestly, I think most families have some some level of dysfunction, right? But I really truly think that like, I don't want to, I, I just hate, cause it's not just my story, but I just feel like my parents were surviving, right? Like they, they did the best they could. And we, we all ended up as functioning adults for the most part. But I really think that like beyond the like struggle to put food on the table and like pay the bills, there wasn't a lot of room left in our family for creating those special moments. And I know that that's not a cop out, right? Like, because there are plenty of families who struggle financially or what have you that still have very close bonds. But it felt like growing up for us that the priority was like, and we, Tim and I were just talking about this. It's like, we talk to Camille and Bear all the time, like about like everything. We spend a lot of time together as a family and our kids are constantly talking to us. I mean, constantly, like I, we joked the other day that we wanted to video ourselves in the car, like just like a dashboard cam. <laughs> we were driving to my sister's house. It was like an hour away. They did not stop talking and it's hilarious. And I hope they never stop talking, which is why I never am like, can you please be quiet? I just listen. I mean, I'm not always responsive, but it's like, they never stop talking to us or asking questions. And I always want that to be true, but I don't remember that kind of connection or ability with my own parents. First and foremost, like my dad, I, this is going off on a kind of a tangent, I think maybe not the intention of the episode, but I did not have conversations with my dad, like about anything important. It was much more like he was working when he was home, he was tired and he was usually like the, my mom would kind of rely on him as like the disciplinarian. So a lot of that conversation was like discipline. And with my mom, it was it was still not, we were much more close as I was growing up, but it was still not in that way of like, I feel comfortable talking with my, with my mom. And so it just, I think both Tim and I have very similar upbringings. We've had to really start from scratch. And so I guess who I'm speaking to is someone who may feel like they didn't have much to bring to the table in terms of those traditions, because I, I certainly feel that way, that it's, like we have the power to create and change that family trajectory, right? Like that family story that we have the power to kind of like change our family tree in that regards. And I think about it all the time. And I think that like, wow, like if I'm able to like create these traditions with my kids around special moments and like be with them and talk to them, think about like, what they're going to pass on to their own kids with this example already. And so I just think about it constantly. And 
that was a tangent. <laughs> I don't know if you're over there because I think I heard Indy crying. Yeah, but... <laughs> she's <laughs> now she's just in my arms. We're here for the tangents. That's how we. Uh, that's how we roll for going on five years. I, know. I love it. I just feel I feel bad because I'm like I can't really think of a lot, but I think of the things that we do now, and it's like every night, as long as it's not a soccer night, because that ends up being really late. <laughs> we read together. Like Tim will read with Cammy and Bear and I will read usually because Bear and I like the same kind of books. So right now we're reading like it's it's a very interesting. It's called it's the Rick Riordan. It's like the Greek mythology. There's like a whole series about it. And so we're we're reading that like every single night we read together and like that is a priority for us and that's something that never I was a reader, but I was like in my room alone reading. And I think no one really read to me growing up. That was just something that was like innate in me. And I, I was an only child for seven years. So those first seven years, I kind of had to figure out how to like entertain myself. But we read every single night. In the morning, we have breakfast. Like we make a home, like something. And something will be made. Even if it's like a hard boiled egg that we've already made like during that weekend. We make breakfast, you know, and those are the kind of like daily rhythms that I think really add some like stability and some solidarity to our family. Like they're kind of like the backbone of what we do and the expectations that we set for each other. And that is where I really think that it's, you know, fun trips and like special holiday things are like very important to us. But at, when I think about like how we're really shaping our family, I think about those like day to day small moments. Like, yeah, I, just I being together, you know, yeah. sitting down for a meal, reading. We do the same thing. We all four of us climb into our bed, and I usually like nurse Indy while there's a dog click clack again. <laughs> while Rusty's currently reading, we you know we're always like on a different chapter book and currently reading Lord of the Rings after finishing The Hobbit, and she's so into it and she's asking questions and it's just. And we were, we were, Russ and I were talking about it because she like, sometimes it, sometimes we have to like keep our patience, but she'll interrupt a ton and mm-hmm. be like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And, you know, we were thinking about like how cool that she is, her, her vocabulary is expanding so much mm-hmm. because she's, you know, asking these questions, <laughs> <laughs> asking these questions and, um, and getting to, we're all getting to sit down. Oh my gosh. Sit down together. <laughs> And read these books. So I'm standing and rocking Indy as she nurses and she grabbed my headphones. <laughs> this is my life right now with click clack toenails in the background. But yeah, just the traditions around, like, like you mentioned, the things that we do on a daily basis are what forms them. Like mm-hmm. when, when we do drive Evie to school, telling her stories as we drive and, you know, road tripping and, and like the, the things that she remembers are like the camping trips too. And that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. not the like, and on Easter, you know, she said it was the best day of her life when we just had Christmas, that was also pretty awesome. And it's the things like going to the lake. And so for Easter, for instance, we did a Easter egg hunt at the lake. So instead of just like backyard, you know, get a bunch of candy. We, we first, we decorated these like paper mache eggs that I found that instead of doing the plastic, and then we went to the lake and had an Easter egg hunt and little things like that, that like, you know, it just ends up being this baby squeaking as she, those are the things that she is going to remember versus like waking up to, you know, and this isn't a judgment on anyone else. This is how we have decided to do things. But I got her like one Easter bunny that was like knitted or not knitted, crocheted, made by this local gal, a friend of a friend. And then like one thing of chocolate and just keeping, we like to keep things very simple and it works for our family. And so she's, you know, at the end of the day, she remembered the Easter egg hunt on the lake it was her favorite part of the day versus like waking up to, to stuff and same thing with Christmas, you know, it's like just trying to create those, 
those types of memories and those types of traditions of the things that we do. Clearly, I'm, I'm an Enneagram 7 versus, <laughs> like, the stuff that we get, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's about food and experience very much in our family. And if some of those things are inspired by growing up, what we had growing up, then, like, our own twist. And so I'd say even though it doesn't feel like you've maintained, oh my gosh, these dogs cooling <laughs> down. Even though it doesn't maybe doesn't feel like you've kept any traditions from when you were a kid. <laughs> oh, it sounds like, like they're mom. tap dancing over there. Back and forth just looking at me. Like, uh, Mom, I need you. <laughs> even though it doesn't feel like you've taken or kept any traditions from a kid from when you were a kid. Like your current traditions are in some way inspired by whether it's like you like specifically want to do things differently, you know, or you, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, like it's still formed in some way by your childhood, even if it's not like the exact, you know, the traditions that you're pulling, it's the the lack of in some capacities that help to help you to like delineate what really matters to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Have you heard of Foria? It's a company that is loved far and wide by folks who've had their sex lives transformed by these holistic, powerful products. And now I see why. They've been especially wonderful through this postpartum period for me when a little extra lubrication is key. Rusty and I have used the Intimacy Sex Oil with CBD and it's the perfect lube to provide all natural moisture with 400 milligrams of broad spectrum CBD to enhance arousal, soothe and excite. We also love the Awaken Arousal Oil. And of course, all Foria products are free of added chemicals and only made from two organically grown ingredients. And you know what's sexy? Discomfort-free, top-notch, pleasurable intimacy. I want to be totally honest, being married 10 years plus two kids later, sex and intimacy has definitely seen its ups and downs for us, but there's no shame in exploring different ways and products that enhance our sexual experiences, which is why we're so excited to announce we're partnering with Foria, a company using all natural and plant-based ingredients to intensify sexual pleasure and relieve discomfort. We are all about the Awaken Arousal Oil with CBD, which is a topical oil to enhance pleasure, discomfort and help increase sensitivity for people with vulvas that's me you can use it solo or with a partner and it is next level sexy time has definitely leveled up over here plus cbd used topically helps increase blood flow relax muscles and ease tension and manage discomfort gently and naturally all around wins so awesome friends i can't recommend for you enough I think it's time to treat yourself to deeper, fuller pleasure and connection, both on your own and with your partner. And these products are your ticket to all of that. Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com forward slash modern mamas or use code modern mamas at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash modern mamas for 20% off your first order. Enjoy. It's kind of deep and trippy to think about like familial, like, like the cycles. Yeah, the cycles. That's the word I was looking for that could not come to mind. It's 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 interesting. It's interesting. I feel like there's a whole a lot that needs to be unpacked there for me at least. But do you feel like you remember talking with your parents? Like uh, my dad more than my mom. Really, like my mom. She she has a and I you know I don't talk like you were saying like it's not my story. She she has a hard time talking about feelings for sure. Mm-hmm. Really hard time. It just doesn't come easy to her. And and I can we talked about this I think on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like look at her family growing up and how disconnected her mom was. And my mom's doing a better job than her mom did. But that yeah I I have like vivid memories of being on walks with my dad and talking about things like talking about his childhood and like 
you know, how his dad thought he was kind of like a shithead and, but he, you know, and it just things like that, but not about like the hard stuff. Like when I had an eating disorder, you know, instead of talking mm-hmm. through it or coming to me, it was like, let's take her to the pediatrician and kind of like scare her out of it. And you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And when I called my mom after the first time I had sex and was like, this happened just silence, like she doesn't know what to do. Oh, my <laughs> so, goodness. Yeah. But they were always there, you know, came mm-hmm. to, she came to every sporting event and, and really, I think back to the traditions, and I'm so grateful to have had my siblings because, I mean, my parents too, they're the ones that helped create the space for these things and, and you know, the sanctity of them. But it just, I don't remember this stuff ever, like ever. I don't remember presence. I remember spending time with my brother and sister mm-hmm. and how fun it was to like make those traditions together. And my brother and sister and I all still really, there's certain things that we still maintain, like the grilled cheese and tomato soup. All three of us do that now. Mm-hmm. And things like that, like the hike, the getting outside on the holidays. Like, so I know that's a big part of it for me is just the, the experiences are huge. And so that's what I want to create. But the thing to look forward to, the thing that's like, Oh, it's Christmas time. We're going to, you know, get out and do this thing or make this, this food. And just this like the sensory experience, truly it's, it's pretty cool. So I am, I'm forever grateful to have have my siblings and to have had that kind of childhood. We're three years apart. So there's three years between, between each of us. And you know, of course we fought, but also those, those, the holidays were special having them. And I don't think you need to have siblings. That's just, again, my experience, like need to have siblings for holidays to be special. But that was our, my experience is I think that's what really made it special is having that time with them and the shared experience, I think is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, like I mentioned, I was an only child for seven years and then my sister was born. I was so excited. I was like, over the moon to have a sibling. I mean, seven years, that's, that's, that's a lot. You know, it's not, we're close. We're, we are close and we were close actually, luckily, you know, but it's like, we didn't share a lot of like similar interests, especially as I started to kind of enter into like young adulthood and she was still really, really a kid. But, and then my youngest sister is 14 years. So she came seven years after my middle sister And so it was literally like, I was not excited. I think, you know, I was 13. I was a little turd, but I was not excited to have another sibling at that point in time. And, you know, we, our connection isn't, isn't as strong. I love her dearly and I would do anything for her, but like, we basically got two different parents (laughs) at that point. Like 14 years is a lot of time for a parent to like change and grow and not grow and you know, all that stuff. So we're just parented very differently at that point. And so that's something I wish we had a little bit more of that we didn't really grow up with. Actually, you know what? I did grow up with my extended family, like spending a lot more time with my extended family than I think my kids spend with their extended family. So like I would always go to like my grandparents for a couple of weeks in the summer, like both sets of grandparents. I was in a lot of time with my, my grandpa. I would stay at my aunt's house for like a couple of weeks in the summer. Like I was constantly like, like with my extended family without my parents. <laughs> I don't know if that was because they were just like shipping us off and trying to get us out of their hair. But I had a lot, I feel like a lot stronger connection with my extended family than my kids do. I mean, they love their, their aunts and uncles and grandparents, especially like certain sets of grandparents, but like they don't spend a lot of time away from us at this, at this age and juncture. Maybe that will change in the future, but I don't know. We're just so close as a family unit that like we do everything together. 
I don't know if you feel like that is the same or different. Oh yeah. We are like, it's funny. I feel like we don't get sick of each other. I know. Right. And it might be weird, but like, we love to do it. Like my, some of my, sometimes at dinner and I'm like the highlight of my day was just sitting next to Rusty. Like if Indy's asleep and Evie's at school, just like sitting there working like shoulder to shoulder. I love that. I love, just love being with my family. And like Evie does half days at school, five days a week. And it just feels like she's gone too much. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I, I just, I'm not so much like I love my friends dearly, but to me, sometimes the idea of like a girl's trip away from my family for an extended period of time, isn't that appealing because of this, like the feelings that come with leaving like my, my unit, you know? Right. Right. I agree. Totally. Did you spend a lot of time with your extended family, like growing up? I, I did. I was very close with my cousins growing up, but it's been interesting to see like without remorse or even sadness as we've grown up and we have our own family units, like we just don't see each other very often. Mm -hmm. But when we do, you know, for a wedding or whatever it is, like it's glorious and we pick back right back up and we're, we support each other through our, you know, new additions to the family. We're all in a big like text thread and some of them Mm -hmm. I haven't seen in years, but I know that next time I do, I'm bummed. We missed a family wedding like when Indy was only about a month old down in California because they just weren't up for the trip. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so fun to think about and to have those memories of, of our childhood together and the ways that it formed us. But then also now we're moving into having our own family units and we all just cherish those and it's, it's different. And I think that's just a part of growing up. But yeah, I did. I was close, really close to my cousins. I have like a, a crew of us are all pretty close in age like four of us, Caitlin, Aaron, and Cody, Aaron and Cody and I were all born within three months. And oh, so we that's were, cool. Yeah. And we did like a yearly camping trip and we did every other Christmas. So that's what I was talking about when we would have Christmas morning at home in Northern California and then spend like the first part of Christmas day driving down and have our like big giant family Christmas afternoon and evening. And it was so fun, such good memories. So I am grateful for that for sure. And it's going to be different for our girls. Like they, you know, my brother has one, my sister has none and they have one on the other side as well, but I don't think it's going to be like the big giant, you know, cousin crew, but then we have the beauty of chosen family too. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, we call like our, our best friends or aunts and uncles to them and their kids are like cousins. And so hoping to just, as they get bigger and older to have those kinds of visits and traditions, like coming back to Washington to visit friends here and, and, you know, you and your kids and, I just want to really foster those relationships for our kids. Cause I think it is super important to have other family figures, you know, grownups and then also other kids as a part of their experience. Totally. Oh, I love that. I feel like that's a really great kind of winding down point. Yeah, a really good. Fun. Yeah. That was a good episode. I wasn't like before we chopped on, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but as usual, there's always something, Yeah, there's always something. So that was a great, great conversation. I hope it's helpful for other people or maybe just, you know, solidarity on some of the things that we talked about, but we're so grateful that you guys are tuning in every week. And you're us- true. We love you all so much. <laughs> and if you have questions like this, like it helps us so much to know, to create these topicals based on what you want to hear about. So let us, what, let us know what kind of cream you want to lather. <laughs> and we will lather it on baby. <laughs> and you can always just like DMS or whatever it is. Find us. Slide you know into our DMS as they say. Slide right in for the cream. <laughs> okay. I need to stop. Um, <laughs> all right. All okay. right. Friends. We'll chat with you next week. See you later. Bye. Alligator. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time. Bye.